Hello there, QLoops community. My name is Andrew, and you're listening to a bonus episode of the QLoops English podcast. So how's it going, everyone? I hope you're all doing all right, and it's awesome to be here with you to kick off another week by doing an English study session together right now. Now, I know that learning English isn't always easy, and there are lots of ups and downs along the way. I'm sure you'd agree with me there. Sometimes you might feel really motivated to spend some time with English and study hard, and then other times you might actually hate English or be frustrated with it and wish that you could just quit. Now, I know this because that's exactly how I feel with my second language, which is Korean. There are highs and lows. There are good days and bad days. There are fun times and also frustrating times. There are times when you feel like a genius and other times when you feel like an idiot. And I think this is the roller coaster that we can call learning a foreign language. Anyways, everyone, what I'm trying to say is that I think you made a great choice to click play on this episode and study English with me right now. No matter if you're riding an English high or if you're feeling a bit down about your English at the moment, you've made a great choice and you're doing the work that you need to do to get closer to reaching your English fluency goals right now. So great job on doing that. If this is your first time listening to QLoops, it's especially great to have you here. I've been an English teacher for over 10 years now. It's a long time. And I currently live in South Korea, although I'm originally from Canada. And at QLoops here, what we do is we make audio lessons that are created by me and my team. And we design these audio lessons to help you improve your English fluency and communication skills, as well as teach you about the culture of English-speaking people living in English-speaking countries. Now, each bonus episode that we release comes with an absolutely 100% free transcript that you can get just by clicking the link in the description for this episode or by visiting our website, which is culips.com, culips.com. So guys, I hope everything went okay for you last week and that you've been doing well since the last time we spoke. To kick off this episode today, I thought I'd tell you about a really, really random day that I had last week. If you're a regular QLips listener, then you'll know that I got married last year in May of 2021. Well, actually, my wife and I had a wedding ceremony, but then after the ceremony, we didn't actually make our marriage official by signing the marriage registration documents at our local government office. So although we had our wedding ceremony, we were still technically and legally single. Now, I'm not sure about where you live in your area of the world, but giving things a try before officially getting married is quite common among couples, both in my home country of Canada and I guess also the USA as well. Maybe this is kind of North American culture. 
but also here in South Korea, where my wife and I live. But the way that couples do it in each area is really different, so I thought it could be interesting to explain it to you all. You see, in North America, it's common for couples to live together before getting married. Now, of course, when I say common, I don't mean that everybody does this. There are exceptions. It's not everyone. There are some people who don't do this for religious reasons or cultural reasons. But at least among my friend group in Canada, it's really, really common. And I think out of all of my married friends, almost everyone lived together before getting married. Especially when I think about the time when I was a university student. At that time, all of my friends who were in a relationship lived with their boyfriend or girlfriend. It was a great way to save money on rent because you could split the rent 50% with you and your partner, your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And it was also a good chance to see if you were compatible enough with your boyfriend or girlfriend to see if you could settle down with that person for good in the future. So this is really just a common way for couples in North America to test to see if the relationship is good enough, strong enough for marriage before actually getting married. Now here in South Korea, on the other hand, it's different. It's different. It's a little more frowned upon for couples to live together before getting married frowned upon. That's a great expression. Have you heard that one before? If something is frowned upon, it means that it's not encouraged or not supported by many people. Uh, people look at it with a bit of a negative perspective. Now, of course, again, I'm speaking generally, everyone. Of course, there are some couples who live together before getting married here in South Korea, but in general, it's a bit more hush hush. It's a little bit more of a secret and it's not something that people talk about as openly as they do in Canada, that's for sure. But here in Korea, couples still do a kind of quote-unquote try before you buy. <laughs> try before you buy before signing their marriage registration documents, just like my wife and I did. So what couples do is they get engaged, they have a wedding ceremony, and then after the wedding, you live together as a married couple, but you don't actually make the wedding official by registering it with the government. And that way, just in case things don't go as planned, and after you move in together, maybe, you know, you realize that you made a mistake or that your partner isn't the person that you thought they were, well, in that kind of situation, then you can break up cleanly, at least legally speaking, without having to get a divorce, right? You're not officially married, so you can just split up cleanly without having to go through any legal process. Now, again, I can't speak for everyone, but among my friend group here in South Korea, this is common. Almost all of my friends who are married here waited you know, at least around six months after their wedding before officially registering their marriage with the government. I was even surprised to find out that some of my friends who got married several years ago still haven't even registered their marriage. 
Well, anyway, my wife and I, we finally decided that we should go ahead and make our marriage official. So we started the process. And because it is an international marriage, my wife is Korean, I am Canadian, it made things a little bit complicated. So the first step that we had to do was make a visit to the Canadian embassy. And I had to get a document from them that proved that I had never been married before or that I didn't have any children back in Canada. It never really occurred to me, but this is a totally rational thought, I suppose, that someone technically could have a family and then quit that family, leave that family, and run away to a foreign country and start a new life in a new place. And I think my in-laws, my wife's parents, and maybe even to an extent, my wife as well, they were happy to see that document from the embassy that said that I wasn't that kind of person. You know, I didn't run away here to Korea and abandon a family back in Canada. No, 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 I didn't have that experience. And I was able to get the official document to prove that. That document was also needed by the Korean government to register the marriage. So anyways, after getting that document, the next step was to get some of our friends to fill out some forms for us to act as a witness and to prove that they know us and they know that our relationship is real and it's not a scam or a fraud or anything like that. And then finally, we had to fill out some other forms, lots of paperwork, <laughs> and then we took all of these documents to the local government office. And after only about 10 minutes, everything was processed and it was finished. So everyone, I'm happy to announce that now my wife and I are officially and legally married, even though it doesn't really feel like anything has changed at all. While we were waiting for the employee to process our wedding registration at the local government office, we noticed that there was a special photo zone set up so that you could take a commemorative photo after registering your marriage or after registering the birth of a new baby. A commemorative photo. That's a good word to know, a difficult one, commemorative. It's not too common, so maybe this is the first time you've heard it. Let me explain what the word means. So we use commemorative to describe things that help you remember important events or important people. So then a commemorative photo is a photo that will help you to remember an important time in your life in the future you know, such as registering your marriage. <laughs> so in the future, we can look at that commemorative photo and remember this happy time in our lives. And there was also a little sign at the booth where we were filling out our paperwork that said that if you ask the staff, they'll take a picture for you with a Polaroid camera. <laughs> so we thought that was pretty cute that the government had gone to that extent to set up and make for a nice marriage registration experience for couples. So after we had all of our documents processed, we did ask the staff to take a photo for us and they were happy to oblige. Happy to oblige means happy to help. So they were happy to help, happy to oblige. I think the photo turned out well. It's cute. So I'll include a copy of it in the transcript for you so that you can check it out if you're interested. 
If you listen to the last couple of bonus episodes, you'll know that my wife and I recently caught COVID in early August, and I think you can still hear it in my voice. My voice is still not back to 100% yet. Now, I want to say thank you to everyone who has been sending me emails or DMs or comments telling me that you're thinking of me and my wife and wishing us to get well soon. I'm really so thankful and so lucky that I have people all around the world sending me good energy like this. It's, it's really helpful, guys. I appreciate it. So thank you so much to everyone who did send on their well wishes to us. And I have good news, guys. My wife and I, we are generally feeling a lot better these days. It's much, much better than it was. However, we're still not 100%. We both have low energy these days. We don't really feel like doing too much. And in particular, I've been having these dull headaches almost every day. I've also been feeling a little dizzy and nauseous. So it's really out of the ordinary because I've never really felt like this ever in my life. Now, we know that it can take several weeks or even a month or two before fully recovering from COVID. But at the same time, of course, we want to feel back to normal as soon as possible. And for me, I've been having a tough time just to try and relax and recover because I'm a pretty active person. I like working hard and I like running and cycling, but I'm trying my best to take it easy so that I can heal up completely and recover fully. Well, some friends of ours who also recently caught COVID recommended that we go to a clinic and get a vitamin IV. An IV is what we call it when we get medicine and fluids via a needle and tube. So, you know, there's like a plastic bag that hangs on this hanger and there's a tube that goes from the bag and gets connected into your arm via a needle. And then that liquid in the bag slowly drips into your body. That is what we call an IV. So our friends told us that getting an IV really helped them to feel better after getting COVID and they recommended them to us. Well, after we registered our marriage, my wife and I, we grabbed some lunch and while we were eating lunch, we were both complaining just about how we still didn't feel very great and we decided, hey, why don't we go to a clinic and get a vitamin IV drip after we finish eating? So that's actually exactly what we did. We went to a clinic and we waited for about 10 minutes and then we were able to see a doctor. The doctor asked us some questions and checked us out. He also prescribed some medicine for us. And next we went to a little room that had a couple of beds in it and we lay down on the beds and the nurse connected us up to some IVs and then told us it would take about an hour for the treatment to finish. And she turned off the lights and left the room so we could relax and just receive this medical treatment. So we just hung out and relaxed for about the next hour or so. And it was really, really calming and relaxing. I ended up falling asleep for a little while, took a nap. The bed was pretty comfortable and the room was cozy. And while we were getting the IV treatment, my wife and I were laughing about how random of a day we had because just like an hour and a half earlier, 
We were at the local government office registering our marriage. And then now we were in a clinic getting IV drips. So I think maybe we were the first couple in the history of South Korea who spent an afternoon this way. Uh, I think at least it's a pretty unique experience. Anyway, after getting the IV drip, I did start to feel better, and I think the medicine that the doctor prescribed is also working too. So I'm really crossing my fingers, everyone, that I'll be back to 100% health here sooner rather than later. As for what's new here at Qlips, we released a brand new simplified speech episode last week about zombies. Did you hear that episode? In it, Cassie, my co-host, and I, we had a great conversation about different kinds of zombie movies and zombie TV shows that we've seen. And I thought it was a really fun conversation, and I hope you guys enjoyed it too. If you haven't heard that episode yet, make sure to check it out. Of course, there's a full study guide and transcript that goes along with that episode for all Qlips members as well. And then a little bit later this week, Cassie and I, we're going to be back again with a catchword episode. Now, catchword is our vocabulary series. And in this edition of catchword, we're going to teach you a couple of idiomatic expressions that are related to laughter and comedy. So definitely make sure to check this brand new catchword episode out when it's released a little bit later on in the week. It's time for this week's vocabulary lesson. Before we wrap up for today, I'd like to teach you all a really common, super useful, and easy idiomatic expression that I really highly recommend adding to your vocabulary. It's one of those expressions that I think many English learners may see or hear often, but that they might skip over without knowing the real meaning. Maybe this is especially so for people who are intermediate level or low intermediate level. But guys, knowing this expression will really help your English to sound natural. So let's learn it right now. What is the expression? I know you're dying to know. Well, it is for good, for good. Okay, two words, for, F-O-R, and good, G-O-O-D. Did you hear when I used this expression in the episode a little earlier? Let's rewind, go back, and listen to that part again a couple of more times. And it was also a good chance to see if you were compatible enough with your boyfriend or girlfriend to see if you could settle down with that person for good in the future. To see if you could settle down with that person for good in the future for good in the future. Okay, so earlier in the episode then, I was talking about the culture of North America and how it's common for some couples to live together before getting married, and that through that experience, couples can decide if they want to settle down for good together. Settle down for good. Let's break that down. To settle down means to start a family and to live a quiet life and get married and live in one place. It's the kind of lifestyle that married couples have. And for good means permanently or forever. Okay, For good means forever. 
So then, when we put it all together, settle down for good means to live as a married couple forever, permanently, or at least for the rest of your life. Okay, so now that we know that for good means forever or permanently, let's see how we can use it in a real life context. And to show you that, I've prepared three example sentences for us to check out. So let's take a listen to the first one now. Example sentence number one If I ever win the lottery, I'm going to quit my job for good. If I ever win the lottery, I'm going to quit my job for good. Let's break that example sentence down. In that sentence, the speaker says that if he ever wins the lottery, he's going to quit his job for good. Okay, he said, I'm going to quit my job for good. That means that he will quit his job forever and he will never change his mind. He will permanently, until he dies, never work that job again. I'm going to quit it for good. I'm going to quit the job permanently. Example sentence number two. One of these days, I'm going to stop using social media for good. Instead, I'm going to try and read more books. One of these days, I'm going to stop using social media for good. Instead, I'm going to try and read more books. Let's break that example down. So in that example sentence, the speaker said, one of these days, sometime in the future, he's going to stop using social media for good. This means that he will quit social media forever. Delete Instagram and Facebook and Reddit off of his phone, off of his computer, or whatever, and instead spend his time reading books instead of using social media. Example sentence number three. I think the days of being able to get a coffee and a sandwich for $5 are gone for good. I think the days of being able to get a coffee and a sandwich for $5 are gone for good. Let's break this final example sentence down. In that example sentence, the speaker said that he thinks the days of being able to get a coffee and a sandwich for $5 are gone for good. Those days are gone for good. Forever. They're never coming back. The economy has changed. Prices have gone up. And maybe now in Canada, uh, getting a coffee and a sandwich for $5 for lunch, you know, is impossible. You might have to spend $10 or $15 to buy that now. So those days when you could buy a coffee and a sandwich for $5 Maybe the good old days, those days are gone forever. They're gone for good. Well, everyone, you made it to the end of this episode. Congratulations on making it to the end. Thank you for listening to the whole thing. And great job on getting some English practice in today. Everyone, I hope you stay healthy, take care of yourself, and I will talk to you soon in the next Culips episode. Until then... Bye-bye.